This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. Each week, we have someone that we interview to share space with us to help us level up in some way, shape, or form about this whole experiment that we call life. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Judson Brandis, and it was a great conversation we had. He's a, an award-winning urologist and a sexual medicine expert. And we discussed a lot about men, the 21st century man. What does it take to help level up things to look out for, how to help us keep us youthful and physically active, not just from working out, but also in the sexual department. And he'll share tips and tricks and things to look out for, how to help level up, things to to do. Um, He shares some of his research and the things he has done and um, why do we see, you know, erectile dysfunction increasing? What are things are the reasons why and how can we turn that around and some signs for that and, and so much more. If you don't think this is for men listening, if you don't think this is a mindset thing, For those who, in my own experiences, I've worked with patients who've had erectile dysfunction, and when we talk about it, it's not like the most exciting conversation in the world. Um, They're very low energy. They don't want to talk about it much. They're kind of discouraged. So that plays a huge role on the mind, and and some people say they'll even take away the man's card. Uh, when this happened. And we're seeing it in as early as early 30s now. And so it's one of the things where this could be a game changer in, in knowing some of this information and so much more. But just to talk a little bit about Dr. Judson, he's an award-winning urologist and a sexual medicine expert, clinical researcher, physician, educator, and a caring clinician and surgeon. A graduate of Brown University and Vanderbilt University School of Medicine with urological sur- surgery residency at UL- UCLA and a postdoc fellowship at Harvard. Today, he specializes in the emerging field of sexual health and medicine. Over the course of his 25-year career as a board-certified urologist, he has performed thousands of surgeries and pioneered surgical robotics. In February of 2019, he opened Brandis MD, a national leader in technology and sexual medicine innovations for men. Brandis MD engages in ongoing clinical research to improve well-being and provide tools for men to live their best lives. Dr. Judson is dedicated to helping his patients and men everywhere feel great, look great, and have better physical intimacy. He brings this wealth of expertise and care to his first book, The 21st Century Man, advice from 50 top doctors and men's health experts to help you feel great, look great, look good, and have better sex. A native New Yorker, Dr. Judson Brandeus is now resides in Northern California. Sit back, relax. Whether this is going to be a good one to really level up in many ways in shape and form uh, when it comes to health and how that health aspect affects our mind and so much for the men. So without any further ado, here is Dr. Judson. Doc, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to have you on. I think the work you're doing is uh, it's pioneering in many different ways and, and be able to um, answer some questions to a lot of people to help. You know, we were talking about earlier about their hero's journey and how they can do that and so much more. So um, I'm excited to just pick your brain and share this with the, the Mindful Experiment tribe community. And uh, so thanks for taking some space with us. Oh, my pleasure. 
So my listeners know this already. I kind of dive in very uh, consistent with this. So how did you get into what you're doing today? Like, what was your story that got you to pick and choose and be where, where you are at this moment? Sure. So I trained as a board certified urologist at UCLA in its 2001 and immediately went out into private practice in Northern California and had, you know, really had a great career as a general urologist. I helped pioneer surgical robotics. I helped pioneer MRI prostate biopsies. I was uh, voted the top urologist in the San Francisco Bay Area for the past eight years. I was the chief of urology at my local hospital for about eight years. And about three years ago, I discovered regenerative treatments for erectile dysfunction. So, you know, Viagra and those kind of things are amazing, but as soon as they get out of your system, they lose their effect. But there are a whole new group of, of technologies and treatments like shockwave therapy for erectile dysfunction and platelet-rich plasma that actually help regenerate the, the erectile function that help grow new blood vessels. And I was fascinated by that. And I was fascinated by the impact that those kind of technologies could have on a man's, not just his, his erectile health, but also his mental health, his relationship health. And so I delved deeply into those things and actually left the group that I was in and started my own men's health clinic based on those new technologies. And then also hormonal therapy and uh, muscular rejuvenation therapies. And uh, it's, I never look back. It's really been the most rewarding uh, things I've ever done in my career. I mean, I've treated men, I've developed incredible new technologies like robotics. I've cured men of cancer and those kind of things. But, but the spark that you see in a man's eye, when you restore that part of his life, it's just, it's, Priceless. You know, you get these guys that come in and they're in their late 60s or early 70s and they're acting like 16-year-old boys, you know, the first time that they kissed a girl. It's really, it's it's incredibly rewarding. That's awesome. I mean, it's amazing to, you know, it's funny when you know a man has ED, because we're seeing it's on the rise, right? It's, it's continually growing. Oh yeah. Um, massively. And I mean, I, I see it earlier and earlier in thir- early 30-year-olds, I'm starting to see here and there. Uh, but it's one of those things. It's a conversation that they get like they lose like their man card, you know, yeah. and I know women might not women listening to this might be going, what are they talking about? But it's like I've seen it. It's like you talk about in their eyes and they they lose that. They just they lose that. Like, it's, I don't know how to explain it, except I, I've had conversations with a couple of patients over years with this. And it's like one of the things that would be like, yeah, I just feel like I lost my man card and I'm just not a man anymore. I'm like, well, I think there's more to you than that. But uh, I can understand how that can affect your, 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 your mental aspect, your emotional aspect, and so much more. Absolutely. I mean, that's so central to a man's identity and, and you know, their life goals. So to be able to restore that in a really significant way and give that back to a man, it's just, it's priceless. I mean, it's just, it's really fun to see these guys come in just kind of giggling and they, they, they come in and they're so happy to tell me their story, you know, or uh, it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's incredible. And I do a lot of clinical research also on shockwave therapy. I just presented at a national meeting. I have a technology. Uh, I'm the first person to ever show a technology to improve the intensity and duration of the male orgasm. Wow. That's pretty cool. Right? 
Yeah, that's so it, pretty cool. You know, I'm not curing <laughs> cancer, but well, you know, you know, you're helping on other levels, which you know that may you know help affect in other ways for an individual's health. But it's one of those things too, like so shock therapy. You mind diving a little bit of how that works? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, what it is. It's uh, a pulsed acoustic wave. So a sound wave has a. Uh, a uh, nice sinusoidal kind of gentle shape, but a pulsed acoustic wave or a shock wave has a high peak and a sharp drop. And what it does is it vibrates tissue in a certain way that your body thinks it's being injured. And so when you vibrate uh, vascular tissue, blood vessels in a certain way, it thinks it's being injured and it generates an inflammatory response, which generates a healing response. And that part of that healing response is to grow new blood vessels. And so we see an upregulation of what are called stem cells, which are cells that uh, cause the growth of other cells and also growth factors. And so for a man who is in their maybe mid-50s that needs Viagra, now all of a sudden, after six or eight weeks, he doesn't need Viagra anymore. Or for a man who's in his late 60s that is relying on Viagra, now all of a sudden, you know, but Viagra is not working so well anymore, now all of a sudden... Viagra works really well for him or a guy in their seventies that Viagra doesn't even work anymore. Now all of a sudden Viagra can work for him. And so, you know, it's not like I can't make someone 20 years old, but I can turn the clock back about five or 10 years. And a lot of times that's, that's all someone's looking for. So that's pretty cool. And I was going to say, I was thinking when you're like, turn the clock back five to 10 years, Mm -hmm. I was just in my head, I'm like, well, you know, for them, they, 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 it's like what you said, they just, they just care about that one thing. And as long as that happens and they're like, Hey, I'm good. I'm fine. We're good to move forward. Yeah. But the, the interesting thing is my, my practice has evolved from just uh, getting erections. And then what I discovered is if a guy doesn't feel good and doesn't feel like he looks good, then he's not really that interested in physical intimacy. And so I began, uh, speaking really deep into hormone replacement therapy, and then also muscular rejuvenation. So my favorite patients are my patients, you know, in their sixties or early seventies that come in and, you know, what happens is, well, let me pull back, which I'll kind of go into why I wrote the book. Okay. A hundred years ago, women lived one year longer than men. Now women live five years longer. Okay, so what happened in 100 years? Why do women live five years longer than we do instead of one year longer than we do? And in 2015, there was a group in Princeton that won the Nobel Prize for actually discovering that white men in the United States actually live less long now than we did 15 years ago. And that's because of alcohol, opioids, and suicide, diseases of despair. I mean, that's horrible that we live less long now than we did 15 years ago because of, you know, of the things that we do to ourselves. And so there's a huge problem with men's health in this country. And part of it is because men don't access the healthcare system. And part of it is because we're kind of taught like, oh, you know, be tough, you know, suck it up, don't go for help whether it's, it's mental health help or physical health help, uh, you know, go, 
if you have uh, chest pain, you know, maybe it's nothing, maybe it's just reflux, don't worry about it. And so, you know, to a certain extent, we're, we're sort of killing ourselves. And we also uh, teach the people around us that we're tough. We don't need help. And so we're the ones that are going around helping our, our, our wives, our kids, our, our job, our community. We're picking up the slack and, and other people want to help us, but we teach them not to help us. And so this book really addresses that issue. It, it, there's a whole section on addiction. There's a whole section on physical health. It's, it's an, a, a prevention and early intervention book. And so the 21st century man title kind of evolved around developing a whole new paradigm for men that, you know, we can still be strong, but reach out for help when we need it and teach other people that, you know, we're not perfect. We're not indestructible. We actually need help. I like that. It's one of the things where there is a movement happening from the old model of man. What is that archetype? What does that look like? You know, you can't show emotion, can't be a certain way. You can't show pain. I don't need help to now there's a shift where we're starting to see um, more getting more emotional. We got a lot more men's group coming out. We got dad mm-hmm. groups coming out now. And it's like, this is great because we need that support just as much because there's a ton of women groups out there. Um, but there, the, you know, five, 10 years ago, there wasn't that many men's group. At least I didn't, I wasn't hearing about a lot of them 10 years ago. Um, but in the last 10 years, uh, it's amazing how many groups are coming out and supporting men and knowing that we need it. Cause like even suicide, you, you, I, you know, it's been skyrocketing since the lockdowns, but also, you know, it's very common in males. I think, uh, well, it could be a lot of different, you know, teenagers is one of them, but, um, I was, I had interviewed somebody and they were talking about like why suicide is very common around 49 to 56 years old. And I was like, interesting and well-known uh, psychologist in Australia. And so when I did the research, I was like, holy cow, it really is. Uh, that's a, that's a very prominent era of age. And so it's one of those things where we, we, we look at our lives and, and you see these things and they can be changed, right? They don't have to be that way. They don't have to be, uh, I think you, you use the word despair, right? The, the issues of despair with all that. Yeah. And so what are some things that through your work that you've done, I know you interviewed like in your book, I think it was like 50 doctors you interviewed or something like that, correct? I see. uh, I had 60 doctors and men's health experts who actually wrote the chapters. Awesome. So because the thing is, I'm I'm one of those people, like I know what I know, um, but I know that there are a lot of people that are uh, much better at knowing certain things. Like, for example, the spine, right? I had a, a top chiropractor write the chapter on the spine um, because, I mean, you know more, much better than me. So many people are disabled because of back problems, spine problems, but there are some really simple things that you can do. I mean, I wake up every morning and I do 15 minutes of, of stretching and, and yoga, and that really has dramatically improved my, my, my back issues. And so just simple things like that uh, can make a huge difference. Or, you know, I have an ophthalmologist or a sleep physician, you know, a, a Stanford sleep physician or the top ophthalmologist in Florida. I have a, you know, a nationally known cardiologist. So there's, there's so many things that you can do that are relatively simple that, um, you know, will, will prevent problems that are much more difficult to solve later on. You know, and if you're not having sex every night, 
then how do you keep your penis healthy? How do you keep the, the oxygenated blood flowing to your penis? Because the, the penis isn't like your, your other body parts, right? You only get really blood flowing at high levels to the penis when you, when you want to get an erection. Otherwise, the blood pressure in the penis is low and it's mostly venous or non-oxygenated blood. And so if that's the situation all the time, then, then you're not getting erections and then that tissue becomes fibrotic, that tissue doesn't stretch. So 16, 70 year old guys that come into my office always tell me, oh, my penis isn't as long as it used to be. You know, it's shorter by an inch or two, right? And that's just normal, right? If, you do, if you're not using it a lot and you're, what your body does, because when we were cave people, we weren't having sex all the time, right? You only had sex when you were heat for the purposes of procreation. And so in order to keep the penis healthy, every time you dip down into REM sleep, then your body produces an erection. So when you're younger, you're getting 30 to 60 minutes of erections every night, right? But say when you're 60 or 70 years old, if you're not taking care of yourself, or even when you're in your 30s or 40s for a lot of people, especially if you're diabetic or if you're overweight or you're sedentary, you're not, you know, you're not too active in, in, in your job, you're not going to get as many nighttime erections, okay? That's the first sign that things have changed, right? That's the first sign that, Maybe I should begin taking better care of myself or taking a nitric oxide boosting supplement. Like we have a supplement called Affirm, which is a nitric oxide booster that helps improve circulation, right? Maybe that's the first sign that I should be doing something. And then I get guys that come into my office that are in their 40s or early 50s with erectile dysfunction. And guess what? That's an early warning sign for cardiovascular disease, right? If you're in your 40s and you have significant erectile dysfunction, okay, the, the blood vessels going to the penis are one to two millimeters. The blood vessels going to the heart are three to four millimeters, okay? Guess what gets clogged first? The one to two millimeter blood vessels, okay? So the statistics show that within five or 10 years, 20% of men will have some sort of cardiac event. So at that point, you know, I, I usually order a, a heart calcium score, which is a super simple test. Costs a couple hundred bucks. It's just a CAT scan. It literally is like a fancy x-ray of the heart. And I've, I've seen so many men who have erectile dysfunction, early erectile dysfunction, that have a high coronary calcium score. And within two to five years, they would have had a heart attack. And I'm able to intervene at that point. I send them to the cardiologist. The cardiologist puts them on aspirin. They put them on statins. They do stress tests and all that kind of stuff. I've even had guys that need angioplasties and stents, you know, just from figuring out you're not getting nighttime erections anymore. You have some erectile dysfunction at an age, probably when you shouldn't, you know, let's figure out why. That's the power of early intervention. That's the power of being mindful about what's going on in your body, you know, and same with chiropractic, right? When you start to have back pain, don't ignore it. Don't tough it out. Go see a chiropractor, figure out what the heck is wrong. Get your body back into alignment so that you don't keep pushing through the pain and end up with a lot bigger problem, you know, a slip disc or, or a set joint problem or sciatica or something like that. That's going to, that's going to knock you out of work for, for a week or a month or a year. Uh, and so really that's the power of early intervention and prevention and listening to really top physicians, 
you know, it's not, um, I, I got really the all-star cast of physicians to talk about their individual fields. But the other thing is, and I know I'm talking for a lot, but sometimes I do that is I understand. Cause I talk to men every day. I don't have women patients, right? It's not that I don't like women. You know, I have a wife that I love and, and three daughters. Um, so I love women. Okay. But I take care of men. Right? And, and I'm really good at understanding how to communicate with men. And so the book is like each chapter is kind of like the cliff notes version of what you need to know about each medical issue. It explains to you how we got here. And then it explains to you how you can prevent the problem. Because there's nothing worse for me than reading a 200 page book and then saying, gosh, he could have just summarized that in three, in three pages. And even though this book is 910 pages, could have been 9,000 pages, but every chapter is really stripped down of what you really need to know. No, I love that. It's one of those things where, you know, even for me, I look at, you know, a lot of the work I do is in, in more, in, you know, as a chiropractor, but also holistic and a lot of other measurement things that we do. And it's one of the things I always say, like when, when you lose function in some way, shape or form, which you had before and you lose later on, that's usually there's, there's something going on there in some way, shape or form. Yeah. It's something to like pay attention to and start to be aware of because it shouldn't just, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I always tell people like what I could, what I was able to do in sprint in my twenties, I am not going to be able to do now. I'm 38. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that now. Um, that's just part of life, but there are functional things that shouldn't go away. Uh, you, you should be able to keep that at a certain point in time. Um, and if not, then it's like, like you're saying, you take a look at this. And that's one thing I I've, you know, guys who have ED, I always say like, you know, you gotta be careful. This can lead to cardiovascular stuff. You want to make sure that, cause it is a, it, it could be other factors, and a lot of times it's stress, what I've noticed a lot, like just too much going on. Like you were mentioning, like, why as we get older, you know, you don't have the nighttime erections and things like that. Big one, I think, is just the stress you're taking on. When I was, you know, a teenager or 20 years old, I was only worried about college. That was it. And just living life. Um, now I got this, this, doing all these other things. So it adds on. And that's the key of keeping things in balance so that way you don't have or minimize as much as possible those kind of things. Yeah. But, you know, it's important to understand why stress causes erectile dysfunction, you know, and I have a, a really good story about cavemen in the 21st century man. Um, but the reason that stress causes erectile dysfunction is if you think about it, when you're running away from a bear as a caveman, you have an erection. No, of course not. Right. Why, why would you have an erection? It gives the bear something to grab onto. Right. But also all kidding aside, the reason that you don't have an erection when you're running away from a bear is because you need the blood flow in your heart, in your legs, in your eyes, in your brain. And so, you know, it shunts blood away from the non-essential parts for survival, right? But the thing is, we only have one stress system, which is adrenaline or epinephrine, right? So when you're running away from a bear, you have a high level of adrenaline and cortisol, but mostly adrenaline. And so when you're nervous at work, when you're nervous before you're going to give a presentation, or when you're uh, nervous that you're not going to get an erection when you need to, guess what? Your level of adrenaline or epinephrine is high. Guess what? The blood that should be going to your penis now goes to other parts of your body. And so that's 
what's called a sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system. And you need to shift from sympathetic nervous system to what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. Parasympathetic nervous system is the opposite of fight or flight. It's the relaxation nervous system. So it shunts blood to your kidneys to clear out waste. It shunts blood to your intestines to help digest food. And it shunts blood to the penis for the purposes of procreation. And yeah. so, you know, what we really try to do is shift people from a sympathetic nervous outflow to a parasympathetic. And sometimes just the knowledge that being anxious or nervous shifts blood helps people understand that become mind, more mindful of what's going on inside of their body. And then they're able to transition to a more relaxed state. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. Here is a word from our sponsor. The last two years have been crazy. We've never experienced anything like it in our lifetimes. We've never experienced such an effect on our mental well-being. Unfortunately, a lot of us have been beaten down by anxiety, stress, and poor sleep due to all the uncertainty in the world. And if you're a working parent, you've had the extra difficulty of keeping your kids occupied 24-7 while trying to work from home, and that's just not an easy task. So if you feel exhausted and burnt out, you're not alone. There are tens of thousands of people in a similar place right now. The question is, what can we do to enhance our mental wellness and recapture our zest for life? One critical thing I'm advising all my family and friends to do is take magnesium breakthrough daily. Here's why. Stress and anxiety deplete your magnesium levels. Low magnesium levels then contribute to more anxiety. It's a vicious cycle. By supplementing with Magnesium Breakthrough, you can break that cycle because you'll be getting seven unique forms of organic full-spectrum magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. Taking Magnesium Breakthrough will help you to experience more energy, stronger bones, healthier blood pressure, less irritability, a calmer mood, reduced muscle cramping, even fewer migraines. And because it supports mental wellness, Magnesium Breakthrough can help you finally feel yourself again. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed by the improvements in your mood and your energy levels and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, Go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash Dr. Vic and use Dr. Vic 10 during checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. All right, let's get back to this rocking episode. I love that. Yeah, it's something that, you know, we, we, we try to share with, I always share this with patients all the time. Like I have something we use called heart rate variability and we look at um, basically what we're really looking at is how strong is their parasympathetic or how strong, how much are they in stuck in a sympathetic dominant state? Mm-hmm. And just like you were sharing with the lion for the listeners, you're like, what is he talking about? It's like the lion, you saw a lion, we leave, we escape, everything's fine, but there's a percentage of your brain still thinking the lion's there and it's reacting like the lion's there. Right. Um, and it's one of those things where, um, just doing certain things can massively shift and change that, which will allow for, as you're saying, stimulate more of that para- parasympathetic aspect, um, to kind of make that change. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. This is what I kind of do all day. That's, that's my bread and butter. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> well, you know, you, you bring up a really good point of, of anticipating that the lion's there, but the lion's not there. And I've had an amazing chapter written by Brett McLaughlin, who's the Dean of, of Cal North. Cal North State uh, Department of Psychiatry that talks about anxiety, right? Anxiety is, is really being frozen by the anticipation of something bad happening instead of, you know, 
reacting to it when it happens. You know, zebras, they don't get anxiety. You know, they hang out, they're eating grass, they're by the water hole. They're not worried about lions, they're, they're, but they're scanning the, the planes. When they see the lion and the lion's running after them, right, then they run away. And when they've finished running away, then they get back to a, a, you know, a parasympathetic state. And part of it is because of physical exertion. And part of it is because if they lived in sort of this hot state of high alert all the time, they couldn't survive. You know, their cortisol and epinephrine would be so high, they would just basically waste away. And so, you know, it's, it's really important to understand how to get back out of that fight or flight state into a, you know, a more normal state. Otherwise, your blood pressure is going to go sky high and all sorts of stuff. That's why stress causes so many diseases, because you're always in that fight or flight uh, state where blood is not, you know, you have GI issues, right? Because you don't get enough blood flow to the GI system because the blood is being shunted away from the GI system. Yeah. And it's one of those things too. It's uh, and the more you keep stimulating that, the more you keep stimulating the brain and the nervous system to react that way. Well, then eventually it's going to adapt that way and make that the new norm. And then all of a sudden, now you have this program running all the time, whether you know it or you don't. And that's the, that like, that's like the early onset where you see it like years down the road, you're not going to see things to, because it won't show up to years down the road, but it's like seeing that early on is one of the good things. But I love how you bring up the zebra too, because I had an image of a duck in my head. If I, you, know, you see ducks go at each other. Uh, I used to own some ducks and it was fun. I, I love, I, they're just amazing. Um, as I get older, I appreciate nature more. It's just, I was watching them, but it was interesting when they play and they fight or there's something goes on. As soon as they're done, they like shake real vigorously and then they go back to the, like, it's like nothing ever happened. They shake it off and then there's just like going to eat, graze, pick, you know, make mud holes and all these kind of things. And um, there was a book I read. It was like, I always joke with my patients when I talk about this. I'm like, this is a great book. It's new research. It came out in 1920 something. It's phenomenal. Um, it's a neurophysiological book, physiology book. And um, so it's not even like a chiropractor who wrote this or anything, but they talked about how emotions or when we deal with just emotional stress or when you get angry, frustrated, whatever, how you have to physically exert it out of your body or else it'll get stored in the nervous system and disrupt your nervous system. <laughs> and it was fascinating. Talked about like punching bags and things back then, what they would do, but it, it's really true. We don't get that stuff out. So like, we, you know, another thing too, like look at our lifestyles. We're so sedentary that if we're not doing these kind of things, this is just compounding more and more into our system and overwhelming us more than ever before. Yeah, it really is. And that's, that's another part of what I do in my office is, is physical rejuvenation. So we do sexual rejuvenation. We do hormonal rejuvenation. And, and so many men, especially when they're sedentary, especially when they're obese, because fat will convert testosterone into estrogen. Um, and, you know, the, the hunters had higher testosterone than the farmers and the gatherers, you know, because you need more testosterone to take on, you know, mastodons and, and deer and, you know, to, to hunt out there in the, in the woods. Um, and so people's testosterone is lower than ever before. And, you know, they put on weight, they're more sedentary. And so it's really important to be more physically active. And in the book, we, we have all these things. Uh, we have a whole section on exercise. We have a whole section on food. Uh, but I also created a physical rejuvenation pro uh, 
protocol, which is just absolutely astounding. I have a whole series of men now who in the period of about four or five months, I've been able to put on five to 10 pounds of new muscle and take off 10 to 20 pounds of fat. It's really incredible. It's a combination of hormone replacement therapy or hormone boosting, uh, a technology called M-Sculpt, which uses high intensity focused electromagnetic waves to contract muscle. And there's a, there's a whole chapter by Brian Kinney, who was a physician who helped pioneer M-Sculpt. Uh, it's a combination of targeted exercising, right? So the American Heart Association tells you that you should be doing cardio, cardio exercise four times a week for about 40 minutes at a heart rate of 220 minus your age times 0.75. So for some, someone like myself, who's about 54, it's like 220, 125. So when I get my heart rate up to 125, I'm kind of in that orange theory zone. Uh, I'm sweating. But as so many of my patients say, well, you know, I go out uh, and take a walk with my wife. Okay, that's not exercise. Right? That doesn't count. Exercise is when you're sweating. Right? That's a simple, like the Brandeis sweat test. Because when you're sweating and you're exercising, you're burning about 500 calories an hour. So the other thing is you need to count calories. Everyone tells me that, oh, I'm dieting and so on and so forth. You're not dieting unless you actually count calories. And there's so many apps out there. Like I tell my patients, use my fitness pal, yeah. which is a simple app. Just helps you count calories, right? If you want to figure out when you can retire, you have to know how much money you're making a year. If you want to figure out how to lose weight, you have to figure out how many calories you're taking in. And there's a whole section in the book about know, weight loss and, um, but not like this is the specific diet. I never tell people sort of what particular foods to eat, but the overriding principles behind weight loss, everyone tells people like what to eat, but they don't tell them that one pound of human fat is 3,500 calories, right? That's where you start, right? Because the thing is, the only, if you really read the literature, the only healthy way to lose weight is one pound of fat per week. So all these people go on these crash diets, they lose 10 pounds of weight in a week or two. They think they look great, but you know what? All they lost was water weight. Like you and I, we each have about a hundred pounds of water weight. So if we dehydrate ourselves, then we lose 10 pounds in a week. Then we have a bag of potato chips. We put that back on in a couple of days, right? So my weight loss section of this book really explains that weight loss or fat loss is a long-term program. If you want to lose 20 pounds, it's going to take 20 weeks and you have to be really disciplined, right? That you have to understand that fat loss is hard because we've evolved to hold on to fat, right? Fat is like gold in nature. Right. So have you ever been to Alaska? No, but I hear it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. And one of my favorite things to see in Alaska are the whales. Humpback whales up there are spectacular. Right. And what the whales do in Alaska is they eat. So 23 hours a day, the whales eat for five months. Right. Then they fly, then they swim from Alaska to Hawaii, they have a baby in Hawaii, and then they swim from Hawaii back to Alaska. 
That takes about seven months. During that period, they don't eat. Right? There's no food for them in, Alaska, in Hawaii. So they subsist on the blubber that they create in those five months or those next seven months. That's the value of fat to an animal. Right? We don't value fat. Fat's bad. You know, you go to get, get it frozen or get it heated off, whatever. But for 99.99999% of, of nature, fat is gold, right? That's why your body desperately holds on to fat. That's why it's so hard to get rid of. That's why you have to be really disciplined to get fat removed and to keep that off because, you know, we didn't evolve to be able to call up Uber Eats and get, uh, you know, a burrito, 2000 calorie burrito delivered to our doorstep in 15 minutes. So those are the kind of things that are in the 21st century, man. Not just like, I'm going to tell you what to eat or how to do it, but you got to understand, like, why is it so hard to get rid of fat? When you understand those facts, then all of a sudden, it changes the, the discipline and the determination that you need to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. No, that's so true. I mean, it's one of the things like we were saying before with stress and sympathetic dominance. And when you get in that survival mechanism, the body is going to naturally store fat because it's like, we don't know, we, we're burning up energy and we have yeah. no idea what's coming up and we need to have reserves just in case. Exactly. One of my favorite shows is Naked and Afraid. You can learn so much about the human body watching Naked and Afraid, right? You got like a, a, you know, a male survival expert and a female survival expert, and you throw them into the jungle, and they lose twenty to twenty-five pounds in in I don't know, it's twenty-one days or thirty days, however many days, right? It's like that's your natural state. You know, we, we do things very differently now, but that's what our bodies are built for. And the thing too is like, when you think about, I forget this, you may know this. I, I, I don't remember this off from all this little trivia data about the body. I think a pound of fat for how many miles of arteries are created to support that or about, you know, give vascularity to that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a great point. I don't know the data on that, but our, our bodies have 50,000 miles of arteries and veins. And so that's why the cardiovascular system is so sensitive and, uh, and so, and so sensitive circulation. So anything that in the body that you want to have work really relies desperately upon circulation. Uh, that's why one of the first things that I learned about when I was, when I was starting to delve into erectile dysfunction is something that I learned at UCLA from one of my professors who won the Nobel Prize, who discovered nitric oxide as a second messenger is the importance of boosting nitric oxide. That's why one of the first things that I did was to create a firm uh, from a firm science, which is a nitric oxide boosting supplement, which decreases blood pressure naturally, increases circulation to the brain. So it improves cognition, increases circulation to muscles. So it improves athletic performance, increases circulation to the penis, which um, improves erectile function. It even uh, is being used to as an inhaled form to help treat people with COVID because COVID is a vascular disease and to prevent uh, damage to the endothelium or the inner lining of blood vessels. 
I love everybody. I love my NO too. So it's always good uh, <laughs> to make sure you got that rocking and rolling. Um, yeah, it is great. So you, you talk about that. What about like, you know, you're talking about hormone replacement. Do you get into like testosterone stuff? Do you get in any human growth? I mean, how do you, you know, when you look at those kind of factors, how do those play a role with ED and things like that? Yeah. So I have Gary Donovitz, who's the CEO of BioT, which is the biggest testosterone replacement company in the United States, who wrote an amazing chapter on testosterone replacement. So, uh, you know, for the right patient, testosterone replacement is life-changing. For younger men, uh, you have to be very careful about that because it's going to make you infertile. Uh, It also is going to, unless you balance it with something like HCG or Clomid, it's going to make your testicles shrink. Uh, And so, you know, younger men, a lot of younger men, I'll take off the testosterone replacement therapy, but you know, once you're hit 50 and once you have your kids, um, if you're having uh, physical issues or issues related to uh, low testosterone, it really is life-changing and uh, you can replace testosterone with uh, injection therapy. You can replace it with creams or what I really love is testosterone replacement with pellets. Uh, just subcutaneous pellets that last for about four to six months. And they give you a really nice high level of testosterone. And, you know, I used to be really, when I was doing general urology, I used to be scared about giving guys high levels of testosterone. So I'd get testosterone back to about four to 600 level, right? Which is quote normal level, but it really didn't make that much of an impact. What I really found is to to create what we call super physiologic levels or levels that are as high as you were when you were in puberty, really make a dramatic difference for men. And it's testosterone just not, doesn't exist to give you um, libido, you know, to make you horny. It also improves energy. It improves cognition. It improves mood. So it, it's a, it's really a cure for a lot of men for depression. Uh, it improves sleep. It improves heart health. It improves your ability to grow muscle. It improves your ability to get rid of fat. Uh, it improves athletic performance. And then of course, libido. So it really, it's not a drug. It's a natural hormone. You know, it's, it's not one of those things like, well, you know, some people, like when you give someone a drug, 90% of people might get better and 10% of people might have side effects. You know, testosterone is like a natural hormone. We all have it just at different levels. And you know, when, when you're 13, it's low. And then when you're 15, it's super high. And, and we know what happens in puberty. And so, of course, the same things are going to happen. I put my, my patients, you know, in their 60s or 70s, almost through a second puberty. And, uh, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, really, a life goes on for these guys. Love that. Um, I appreciate all this, all this wonderful information. All the men who are listening are going to appreciate this and women share this with po- podcasts with the men that you have near you or with you. Um, Doc, this is a lot of fun, but before we wrap up, I want to just be able to be able to people to find you, follow you, get your book, all that stuff. Where is it located and all that good things. Absolutely. So the book is located on our website, which is called the 21st century right? Just write it all out not with numbers, but just all letters, 21stcenturyman.com. And then on that website, not only can you get the book, but you can get information about each of the authors in the book and their own individual websites. And then any of the products that we talk about 
in the book, you know, like for example, uh, if you if you have an issue like premature ejaculation, you go to the the section on premature ejaculation and look at the products that we have, you know, that we talk about in the book for premature ejaculation or for sleep or for hearing or for uh, vision, any of those kind of things. Um, you can you can so uh, we want to be really a source for information for men. Then if you're interested in in me, it's um, Brandeis MD, B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S-M-D.com. And then if you're interested in the supplement company that I, I run, it's Affirm, A-F-F-I-R-M, science.com. Uh, but I would really encourage people to, uh, men, especially men over the age of 35, to buy the book. It's an imposing 900 plus plus page book, but for each individual, it's maybe only a two or 300 page book. So if you don't have back issues, don't read the, the issue on spine health, but you know, maybe you have hearing issues or maybe you have vision issues, but also it's a book that grows with you. So, you know, hold on to it because you might have prostate issues in five or six years, and then you can go to the prostate chapter or the erectile dysfunction chapter, or, you know, maybe you're having uh, issues with depression or anxiety, you can go to those chapters. And then there's some chapters that are just golden. Uh, for example, Susan Bratton wrote an incredible chapter on how to please a woman. You know, she's a, a, an amazing intimate wellness coach and her chapter is just fantastic. Uh, and there's also a chapter uh, written by a, a medical director for Blue Cross Blue Shield of California on health insurance, right? Our health system is so messed up and our health insurance system is just Byzantine and almost impossible to understand, but this chapter is fantastic because so many of us have to purchase health insurance, use health insurance, purchase health insurance for our companies. And so really an, a, an, a working understanding of how to use the healthcare system. And the other thing is I wrote an amazing section on how to work with your doctor, right? Really just, uh, I know we're, we're getting late, but this is such an important thing. You have 16 minutes on average in your visit with your doctor, right? You got to make good use of that time. And so there's a whole section on understanding how to work with your doctor, the documents you need to bring in. You know, you got to bring in your health history. You got to bring in your list of medications, your imaging studies, uh, a description of why you're there. And then a whole list of questions that you have that, that you want the doctor to answer and hand it to him as a, as a document so that you can make the most of that 16 minutes, because that's all you get. That's what our health system has evolved into is that 16 minutes. And if you don't make good use of those 16 minutes, if you talk about your dog and the weather, you're not going to leave the doctor's office with what you came there for. So really that there's so much essential information for men in the 21st century man. I, I would say that it's, it's the most important book, you know, obviously it's self-serving, but I think it's, really the most important book for, for man, for health care, for helping them take care of themselves for prevention and early intervention that's really ever been written. And I really hope that every man takes the opportunity to get it, to read the beginning of it, which explains to you how to use it, and then hold on to it because at one point or another, you're going to get at least 30, 40, 50% of the, the chapters that, uh, that are in the book. 
I appreciate all that information and the, and all the listeners that will be in the show notes for you to connect with. Um, Doc, this was fun. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us, share some space and share your wisdom and your book and all that good stuff. My pleasure, Vic. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. And if you're ever out in the San Francisco Bay Area, please uh, pay me a visit. I got all sorts of cool technology in my office. Awesome. I will have to. Uh, I heard San Francisco is an amazing city. It, it really is. The whole Bay Area. Uh, you know, a lot different than Chicago. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.